I don't know about you, but uh, sometime around this time of year, we spend a little bit of time watching those kind of traditional Christmas shows that they put on every year. And now with the streaming services, of course, you can stream them all, all to your heart's content. And there's kind of several basic categories of these Christmassy kind of shows. There's the first category is the one I call the hallmarky kind of shows. Now, these shows usually involve some strapping, brilliant, intelligent, really well-rounded gentleman coming to the rescue of some damsel in distress, some poor woman who's just in all kinds of trouble. We watch these shows because they remind me of the story of Pastor Laura and myself. Actually, it's completely the other way around with Pastor Laura and myself. So there's the Hallmarky shows, and often those shows, they use the Christmas, not really focusing on the Christmas message itself so much as using Christmas as kind of a backdrop or scenery for those romance stories, missing out really on the fundamental message about Christmas, which of course involves Jesus. But the thing is, whether they know it or not, they've stumbled into something because really and truly Christmas is a love story. It's a romance story. It's God reaching to you and to me in the person of his son, Jesus. And then, of course, there are all those really crazy, crazy Christmas movies. Like, for example, my, my dear wife's favorite one. Is Elf. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm here all evening. Thank you very much. And um, uh, the thing about this show is that it's just, well, it's just absolutely crazily insane and involves this giant-sized elf who doesn't really know that he's not really an elf and going back to find his family. But there's this very interesting line in the movie Elf, and I'm going to put my jacket back on right now. And that line is this. I don't know if you know the story, but Santa's sleigh goes down in Central Park because there's not enough Christmas cheer to generate the energy that the sleigh needs to move around and get the reindeer up in the air. And so there's this very famous line that Buddy the Elf says a couple of times in the movie. He says, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loud for all to hear. But then when they go to sing, they sing about Santa Claus coming to town. So, you know, there is something to this. There are powerful ways to spread Christmas cheer, and singing can be one of those, as long as we're doing what, for example, Corey did this evening for us so, so well, is to sing about Jesus, to sing about the holy night, right? So, kind of there, but not quite there. One of my favorite Christmas shows is The Grinch, right? How The Grinch Stole Christmas. There's the original animated version, and then there's a more recent animated version. And I got to tell you, I think I like the more recent animated version better than the original. Here's the reason why. In the more recent animated version, there's at least some Christmas carols in there. They're singing about the advent of Jesus in the middle of the story where, and you know the story of the Grinch, right? He's this, well, he's a Grinch. He's a grumpy, old, curmudgeonly, grouchy kind of guy who sets out to steal Christmas. And he goes through the town stealing all the decorations and he gets them all loaded on his sleigh and his poor little dog, Sparky, or whatever his name is, has to try to pull the sleigh back up the mountainside. And, uh, and the Grinch gets the sleigh back up to the mountainside and he very closely pays attention to the, to, to the town uh, of the Who's down in Whoville who gather around the Christmas tree, which isn't there in the square anymore. 
on Christmas morning, and he says he knows they're going to be very disappointed because all the trappings of Christmas, everything he thinks that they think is important about Christmas, has been stolen. But nonetheless, right? Nonetheless, they gather in the square, and they join hands, and they begin to sing, celebrating the actuality of the message of Christmas. And when that happens, the Grinch's heart is changed. It goes from, I think, being three sizes too small to two sizes too big. What's interesting to me about the Grinch Stole Christmas is when we use the word Grinch, we don't think about the post-Christmas two hearts too big person, the Grinch. We always think about the old Grinch, right? I don't know why we do that. Because here's the thing about the Christmas story. God comes to rescue the old us and create the new us so that we can continue to sing about the joy of Christmas. And so that's why I have my my Grinch mask here, which is the post-celebration Grinch, not the pre-Grinch. But my absolute favorite is still, frankly, a Charlie Brown Christmas. I love that story because Charlie Brown reminds me of somebody who's really close to me. Well, he kind of reminds me of me sometimes, kind of bumbling his way through life and things don't always go his way and he doesn't always kind of get the kind of... Uh, the things that he thinks or should come his way. And so they give him a job, right? They make him the director of the Christmas play. But inevitably, the Peanuts gang is not the very, the, excuse me, the most responsive uh, play uh, actors in the, in the planet. They kind of give him a hard time. And so Charlie Brown goes off to, to uh, find a Christmas tree. And Charlie Brown, being Charlie Brown, he finds the Charlie Browniest kind of Christmas tree. It's the leaning over. It can only hold one decoration, not that one very well. That's you and me. That old tree, that's you and me before Christ. But what I love about the Charlie Brown Christmas special is that right smack in the middle of it, when Charlie's wondering what Christmas is all about, Linus steps to the middle of the stage, the spotlight comes on him, and he recites from memory the Christmas account from the Gospel of Luke. He recites from memory the reality that those shepherds who were hanging out in the field at night were visited by angels who said, hey guys, you need to drop what you're doing and head to Bethlehem because the Christ child has been born there. And they do. They drop their stuff. They go there. I don't know what happened to the sheep, but they drop and they go there and they find the baby in the manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. Linus tells us the actual Christmas story. I love that. I love that. So in the middle of all the trappings, in the middle of sitting in a chair when it's 30 degrees out on a Kansas Christmas Eve meeting, evening, I don't know whose idea this was, oh, right, in the middle of all of that, shall we commit to joining Linus, embracing the absolute central message of Christmas, God so loved the world, God so loved you, God so loved the person who's freezing seated next to you. God so loves the people who decided to sit in their warm cars. I don't know why. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And that, folks, 
is what we celebrate this evening. I want to